Go woke, go broke. SVB hired board, obsessed with diversity, invested $5 billion for a healthier planet, and held month-long pride celebration, but had no chief risk officer for eight months last year. Executives at Silicon Valley Bank focus on woke initiatives to increase diversity among its ranks and invest in startups promoting a healthier planet, but failed to spot its glaring problems with investments as interest rates rose. The now-failed bank had an A rating for its Environmental, Social, and Governments, or the ESG, right, policies according to the MSCI Index after creating its own initiatives to advance inclusion and opportunity in the innovation economy and investing in clean energy solutions over the past few years. It even announced that it would invest a whopping $5 billion by 2027 to support sustainability efforts while its European offices held a month-long pride celebration and promoted safe spaces. But for eight months last year, the bank did not have a chief risk operator as it invested clients' money in low-interest government bonds and securities. Now, this is actually one of the main reasons why they actually pretty much collapsed because they had a crazy amount of money and bonds that basically got devalued because the interest rates were increasing so much by the Fed. So people could just take out new bonds at a higher interest rate, which meant basically their bonds weren't really worth much. Like they weren't really matching up with inflation anymore. Let's see. So... So when the Federal Reserve increased interest rates, the value of SVB's assets fell while customers tried to withdraw their money. Now, many are slamming the financial institution for focusing too much on woke policies and not enough on its investments. Now, the funny thing about this whole thing is that I think a lot of people didn't even really pay any attention to SVB until a individual named Jim Cramer talked about SVB and how basically it was, you know, a good investment opportunity when it basically crashed to like, I think like half its value. So I think it was about like $600 per share. Then it got down to like about like 300 or 350. And then he basically tried to like talk about it on his uh, Mad Money show. The problem is he's... It's kind of odd how bad, well, how good he is at choosing really bad stocks for his picks. And I don't know why, but it's happened way too much where he will, like, talk about a stock, saying it might be a good opportunity, and it, like, crashes, like, half of what was originally there when he talked about it. But the big thing is he brought attention to SVB, which meant that a lot of institutions with a lot of money, with a lot of time to basically do the research, dug into SVB and kind of like noticed like, wait a minute, this bank doesn't really got money, like access to money. So it's a pretty big uh, issue. Let's see. Uh, no, no, see. Uh, 
don't care, don't care. Let's see. Silicon Valley Bank has long touted its diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts as it built its banking franchise around startups. It said in its 2022 ESG report that the bank strives to create a more just, equitable, and sustainable world. Among the initiatives included in the report are a commitment to provide at least $5 billion by 2027 in loans and investments in other financing to support client sustainability business. SVB's sustainable finance commitment aims to support companies that are working to decarbonize the energy and infrastructure industries and hasten the transition to a sustainable, low-carbon, net-zero emissions economy, the report states. Which, by the way, for a bank, the only purpose, the only thing that they should really strive for as a bank is to make a return large enough to pay back their depositors and also stay in business. With the excess cash, go ahead and do whatever you want. But SVB basically never had excess cash to really do anything with. So SVB's sustainable finance commitment aims to support companies. It also notes that the bank implemented a diverse candidate slate for U.S. leadership roles and introduced its first six employee resource groups for Asian, Black, Hispanic, LGBTQ, veteran, military, and female employees. Additionally, it introduced measurable diversity goals for senior leadership positions to strengthen the hiring and talent development initiatives meant to create paths to professional advancement, especially for women, black, African-American, and Hispanic Latinx individuals. Did they really do Latinx? Wow. The report then goes on to note that the bank even created its own program designed to advance inclusion and opportunity in the innovation economy, particularly for women, black, African-American, and Hispanic Latinx individuals. So in 2021, SVB continued to expand the program, harnessing its resources, experience, and connections to address key barriers that prevent underrepresented groups from succeeding in the innovation sector. In an August 2022 statement, then-CEO Greg Becker said, as the financial partner of the innovation economy, we support visionary companies and investors boldly addressing the biggest challenges of our time. Our long history of serving this sector has enabled us to seize opportunities to build a better world, and this report highlights our efforts, progress, and commitment to transparency and accountability. Craig Robinson, the bank's head of corporate social responsibility, also said, using our resources and influence to help build strong communities and contribute to economic, social, and environmental progress has always been core to our business. We are proud of the progress we have made in recent years, and our annual reporting will hold us accountable to continue to learn and improve. Yeah, accountable, sure. But CEO Greg Becker would often be seen riding his bike around his Menlo Park neighborhood, even telling an audience at an investor conference last week that he de-stressed by cycling. Living in Northern California and being on the peninsula, that's just, I think, the best bike riding cycling in the world, period. 
and by the time the bank collapsed on Friday, SVB's board included one black, one LGBTQ plus member, and two veterans. Among those members were Phil Cox, who sits on the governing board for Next Gen Cyber Talent, a nonprofit that provides a platform to increase diversity and inclusion in the cybersecurity sector, according to his online profile. What I find interesting is that, like, there's literally jobs that exist solely for this whole diversity thing and inclusion thing. I think that's so odd. And Kate Mitchell, who co-founded the National Venture Capitalist Association Initiative, Venture Forward with focuses on advancing opportunities for women and underrepresented minorities in the venture ecosystem. Mitchell was awarded in 2021 with the National Venture Capitalist Association American Spirit Award for her service to communities centered around equity and diversity. Mary J. Miller, a former Undersecretary of Domestic Finance for the U.S. Department of Treasury, who ran in the 2020 Baltimore mayoral race as a Democrat, also served on the board. Meanwhile, the Chief Risk Officer for the Bank in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East organized a host of the LGBTQ initiatives, including a month-long Pride campaign, and implemented safe space catch-ups for staff. In a corporate video published just nine months ago, Jay Urspa, Ursapa says she could not be prouder to work for SVB serving underrepresented entrepreneurs, and Profession Network Outstanding listed Esrapa as a top 100 LGTPQ future leader. Jay is a leading figure for the bank's awareness activities, including being a panelist at the SVB's Global Pride Town Hall to share her experiences as a lesbian of color, moderating SVB's EMEA Pride Town Hall, and was instrumental in initiating the organization's first-ever global safe space catch-up, supporting employees in sharing their experiences of coming out, her bio on the outstanding website states. The thing that I don't really understand, say you're working in a bank, is that really like any place to just be like, coming out like I, I I don't know this seems kind of odd like what does that have to do with banking at all like why is anyone even talking about any of their stuff while they're working in like the finance space like the most like mundane space which by the way I like finance it's just like I don't know so weird it adds that she is allies with gay rights charity Stonewall and had authored numerous articles to promote LGBTQ awareness. These included Lesbian Visibility Day and Trans Awareness Week. Separately, she was also praised in a Facebook post by the group Diversity Role Models, a charity which campaigns against homophobic, biophobic, and transphobic bullying in UK schools. In a corporate document for the bank, she said, you can't be what you can't see, has always been a quote that stuck with me. As a queer person of color and a first-generation immigrant from a working-class background, there there were not many role models for me to see growing up. 
I feel privileged to help spread awareness of lived queer experiences, partner with charitable organizations, and above all, create a sense of community for our LGBTQ plus employees and allies. But while all of that was going on, the bank did not have a chief risk operator between April 2022 and January 2023. As former head of risk, Laura Iziriata, who formerly performed a similar role for Capital One, left the bank in April 2022 and she wasn't replaced into January 2023 when the bank hired Kim Olsen, formerly of Japanese bank Sumitomo Mitsui. The bank's chief administrative officer, Joseph Gentile, was a former executive of Lehman Brothers Global Investment Bank prior to its collapse in 2008. He worked there as a chief financial officer, but left in 2007, just one year before the collapse, Fox News reports. And you'd think that this dude might be able to see like, hey, wait a minute, something's going on that's not really safe, right? So at the time, Lehman was in the fourth was the fourth largest investment bank in the U.S. with 649 billion dollars in assets and 613 billion in liabilities. By 2021, SVB also started making risky investments. It counted nearly half of the country's venture capital-backed technologies and life sciences companies as clients, and owned 3,234 companies, giving the bank the right to buy shares in them. Its deposits then rose during the COVID pandemic as more and more people wanted to protect their assets in the bank, with its deposits tripling in just a two-year span to $189 billion dollars, by 2021, the Wall Street Journal reports. And executives then decided to invest much of its excess funds in higher-yielding long-term bonds, along with $80 billion in 10-year mortgage-backed securities that pay out 1.5% rather than the short-term Treasury Department securities that pay out only 0.25%. That left the bank with a deposit base heavily skewed toward technology firms with huge accounts over the $250,000 insured by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. By the end of 2022, a vast majority of the bank's deposits, $157 billion, were held in just over 37,000 accounts that were over the FDIC's deposit insurance gap. It then continued business as usual, borrowing short-term from depositors and lending long-term without any interest rates, even as Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell warned that higher interest rates were coming. As customers started to ask for their money back as the economy revamped, SVB had to sell $21 million dollars worth of its underwater long-term assets with an average interest rate around 1.8%. That meant that the bank lost 
$1.8 billion in sales, leaving executives frantically trying to raise more than $2 billion to fill the hole. Management screwed up interest rates, underestimated customers' draws, hired the wrong people, and failed to sell equity. Andy Kessler writes for the journal. Many are now attacking the financial institution for paying too much attention to woke politics and not enough attention to the safety of its investments. And here's the thing, right? Again, a bank's purpose is to allow people to bank, allow people to access money, to use the money that they actually deposited in there. And the thing is, like, it's just so hard for banks to have, I don't know, maybe be a little bit smart and have some reserves in the, like, in cash to, like, shell out in case of emergencies. I don't like, maybe, like, an emergency fund, you know? Lord. Let's see. In a statement to DailyMail.com, Will Hild, the executive director of for consumers research, said that banks suffer from a combination of senior officers more focused on identity politics than risk management and investments in unprofitable virtue-signaling boondoggles, like reportedly financing 62% of all U.S. solar projects. It's also poetic that SVB would be the first bank to fail from going woke, as the general business culture in Silicon Valley itself is notoriously far left, and similarly, out of step with the rest of the country, he said. Let this be a warning, not just to other banks, but all of corporate America. Focus on serving your customers, not woke politicians. Meanwhile, Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy wrote in an op-ed that SVB intentionally decided not to hedge its interest rate risk. Either SVB was incompetent or this is a case of moral hazard, taking excessive risk and expecting political favors and bailouts. He wrote as he railed against the idea of a bailout for the bank, something Treasury Secretary Jeanette Yellen said on Sunday is not on the table, but basically it is, right? The taxpayers technically are going to bail it out because they technically already got taxed on money that got put into a fund that the government's not going to use to bail them out, right? Silicon Valley entrepreneurs want to move fast and break things, but we shouldn't let them break public trust as a long-shot maneuver for a special bailout, Ramaswamy said. This, uh, that isn't how capitalism works. Let's see some of these best-rated ones. People will soon realize that ESG and DEI are all leftist scams. Of course, if you read what actually caused the collapse, it was then deciding to completely over-leverage themselves on 10-year treasury bonds. Don't believe headlines just because they make you feel good, my friend. Employ a dash of critical faculty. The thing is, yes, the bonds were the biggest issue, but like... Why were they not paying attention to it? This person says, Go woke? Question mark. Go broke! Exclamation point. 
scam, all of it. The thing is, like, this is the, like, saddest thing about, like, the financial institution, banks, all that sort of stuff, right? It's, like, it's all fake. Like, think about it. Every single bank in the United States can just lend out all the money, literally all the money that gets deposited to them, legally speaking, because like some laws were like altered, changed to where now they don't even really need like a 10% reserve, like a 10% emergency fund. They're not legally required to do that anymore. So now every single one of your banks can just be doing what they did. If you can't do, then teach. If you can't even teach, then grift. Feel free to give your thoughts. I just think this is... What this bank did was just foolish, right? Because just the basics of, like, personal finance would have saved them. Like, having an emergency fund for emergencies. Like, I don't know... People lose trust in your bank, and so they go and try to withdraw money. But you don't have the emergency fund to actually allow them to withdraw their money. (laughs) So bad. If you want to learn how to get a debt, grow your net worth like I did, go down below.